0: This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome, thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, CEO of Agrinovus Indiana, and this is the podcast where we explore all things ag bioscience, the people, the products, and innovations across food, animal health, plant science, and ag tech. Companies and governments around the world have made commitments to decarbonization, but one of the key technologies, electrification, still years away from being applicable to high horsepower, high torque requirements of production agriculture. That's why today's guest created a new technology to transform high-horsepower diesel engines to 100% ethanol. Incredible story. Terrific company. You're going to love this. Welcome, BJ Johnson, CEO and co-founder of Clear Flame Engines. BJ, great to see you. Welcome to Ag Bioscience.
1: Hey, Mitch. Thanks for having me.
0: BJ, your story, just incredible. You've created one of the hottest companies in one of the hottest markets, green tech and Ag Bioscience. You've been named among the top tech companies by Fast Company. Before we dig into what you're leading at Clear Flame, we got to hear more about your story and your path to founding Clear Flame Engines.
1: Yeah, of course. So the technology that became Clear Flame had originally been my work at grad school out in California, also where I met my co-founder, Julie. Um, we had embarked on this effort to figure out how to make an engine cleaner and more efficient, just in, in a very academic sense. But as part of doing that exercise, we realized we could also make a diesel engine fuel flexible. We could take the diesel fuel out of the diesel engine. And what that allows us to do is preserve all of the you know commercial and practical benefits of, of what has led diesel engines to dominate all the applications that it does, but decouple them from the cost and emissions challenges of petroleum diesel fuel by enabling a switch to something like ethanol. And it really is that fuel switch and the the economic and environmental value proposition that comes with it, that transformed it from a a academic exercise to high commercial potential, which we ultimately launched out of of Stanford about uh, six years ago at this point. This is an incredible story,
0: BJ. And and when I look at all the work that you've shared with me, the work that you're doing here in Indiana, help us understand. For those that haven't seen a clear flame engine or this retrofit, how does the technology work? And- What's really qu- required to take an engine and a tractor or a tractor trailer and turn it into an ethanol from a diesel engine?
1: Yeah, well, first, if, if you've seen a diesel engine work, then you know what a clear-frame engine working looks like. That, that's part of the beauty. Um, what we do is we swap out 10 to 15% of the parts. Uh, we can do this both as a retrofit, so the trucks that we have driving around right now were initially diesel trucks into which we integrated our technology. You could also, of course, do it as a, a new OEM product. You could build the engine this way in the first place. Um, but at its heart, the technology is is a higher temperature combustion process. It's as simple as if you get it hot enough, anything burns. So we changed the way we use, <laughs> yeah, apparently Stanford hands out degrees and that kind of idea. But uh, <laughs> it, by, by changing the air and exhaust flows to get it to run a little bit hotter, modify an injection system to, to make it be able to use a fuel like alcohol, that's really all you have to do. You're not changing any of the big hunks of metal in the engine, and once it does ignite, I mean, everything kind of combusts the same way. It turns into CO two and water, and it's and again, it's running the diesel cycle that gives you that that power that you need in, in ag, long haul trucking, etc. So, um, yeah, think of it just as a diesel engine with some tweaks, and if you know how to work on it, uh, maintain it. Uh, you'll you'll recognize clear flame technology even sounds the same. Um, it really is a diesel engine people know and love just with a, a much cleaner fuel and cheaper fuel.
0: Well, let's talk about that. When you look at cleaner, when you look at cheaper, help us understand carbon intensity difference. So if we look at a traditional diesel engine versus a clear flame engine, give us carbon intensity di- difference, and maybe if you could, give us some economics around it as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, when it, when it comes to the carbon intensity benefits, you know, that's got nothing to do with clear flame as an engine design. Um, it's the benefits of, of ethanol relative to something sure. like diesel. Um, so you're going to get about a 50% reduction in your life cycle, CO2 emissions, which is not perfect, but it's actually a massive step in the right direction when it comes to our decarbonization goals. And also it's actually a, a lower environmental impact than what you get with EVs today. And I, and I don't mean that as a knock on EVs. I'm, I'm very bullish on the role they have to play. But just like we've, we've come to understand that we need to, in the markets that can be electrified, move away from gasoline cars to electric vehicles, and then decarbonize where our electricity comes from, it's the same thing in liquid fuel se- sectors. Let's get away from fossil fuels to things that can be produced renewably and then work over the next 15 years to get that 50% reduction I just quoted to 100% or even net negative um, so that this technology can remain you know viable indefinitely and definitely in a critical part of our sustainable future. When it comes to the economics, uh, that's the that's the other beauty of it. Uh, you know, these are very commercially oriented sectors. They are very thin margin. They cannot afford a green premium. And ethanol is not just significantly cleaner than diesel; it's also significantly cheaper. So, you know, to use operating for a, a road fleet, for example, if you're running on a clear plane engine on ethanol, you're probably saving. 35 $0.40 cents a mile relative to what you were spending on diesel, Wow, um, which is a massive number in a, in a sector where $0.05 cents a mile is tremendously compelling. So as you look
0: at getting this to market, I know you ran a, a pilot here with Bex Hybrids and a couple other folks here in Indiana last year. How did it go? How, how did the engines perform? How it was fueling? How did it look when you put these actually on the road and in the field?
1: Yeah, it, it went largely as expected. And that includes the degree to which it was a, a learning experience. You know, one of the reasons why BEX was such a great partner is that they were willing to to learn along with us. So um, we did the refueling um, using partners like Central Indiana Ethanol. It really is not that much harder than a liquid tank that you pump out of the same way you do diesel. Um, you know, the truck's performance largely the same as as the diesel truck, some minor tweaks to, to work out, which we've basically solved at this point. Um, it was also a really good, you know, learning experience for Clear Flame because, you know, I, we talked about the environmental benefits, we talked about the economic benefits. There's also just the robustness that the diesel engine gives you and, and uptime, especially when you need it is so critical. And, you know, one of the, one of the challenges we ran into with BEX is it was July in Indiana and we had an air conditioning unit break, which has nothing to do with our technology, but you still got to be able to serve that in the field to keep the truck functional for the customer and you know their patience with and and willing to kind of iterate us to make sure we are getting these trucks back up and running, regardless of what goes wrong with them, is what has us so prepared for these you know huge uh, commercial fleets that we have planned to pilot with next.
0: Fascinating. And let's talk about mission criticality because I think that's that's a really really important piece as we look at decarbonization. You've hit on electrification and just earlier this year uh, at CES, John Deere CTO Jamie Hindman on stage at CES was talking about mission criticality of high horsepower, high torque. In fact, he, he shared, you know, if, if we were to take a traditional John Deere tractor and we were to make that an electric tractor, I may have these numbers slightly off, but it's like 38 Tesla Model 3 batteries. The tractor would have to be twice as big, would have to have twice as much weight and would be four times the cost. Like that simply doesn't work in these mission critical, these thin margin businesses. Corteva has made a big move and said, hey, look, biofuel, sustainable aviation fuel going to be a really big part of our future as we call them a frontier market. How do you see Clearflame fitting into sort of this new portfolio, this new focus of it's not an or, right? It's not, hey, we're either going to go diesel or we're going to go electrification but it becomes an and a portfolio solution of lots of different solutions where does clear flame fit into that
1: yeah you know i i think in in a a few different kind of comments on on what you just said first in terms of, of mission criticality i mean that that's a reality that we have to acknowledge today um would it be great to not be reliant on diesel fuel of course but we just saw what happened with diesel prices it triggered ridiculous inflation you know borderline recession this is because for better or worse, we are still reliant on that fuel. So if we don't find a good way to find an alternative to it, even for economic reasons, um, I think it's a, a risk that we can't bear. Um, when it comes to the, the way that different technologies play together um, in terms of meeting our kind of mid-century you know, net zero goals, the fact that it is going to be complements and not competitors is frankly something I think a lot of the world is underestimating. The sustainability challenge is too broad for one solution to solve it. The longer we keep looking for one silver bullet, the longer we're going to perpetuate the status quo, the fossil fuel status quo, in all of the sectors in which that silver bullet doesn't work. And I think that's fundamentally unacceptable. Um, So I think shifting away from that attitude, knowing, you know, it is not clear flame versus EVs, it is clear flame, hydrogen, ammonia, methanol the EV all competing, competing against the diesel status quo. That's the mindset that we have to get to. And, you know, ClearFlame's role in that, you know, people ask, could this work in a passenger car? Yeah, sure. You could you could take one of those diesel Jetta's and, and convert it to ClearFlame. But we're focused on those applications that are farther from electrification. We don't need to compete in that market. It's not a good business decision. It's it's not good for accelerating climate goals. We're going to go after the parts of the market that they're not ready for. And, you know, over time, as their technology improves, maybe they take a little of our market share, maybe not, it's such a big market, that'll be a nice problem to have.
0: Yeah, what a great problem to have. And you look at all the people who are trying to solve this. I mean, Cat, Cummins, John Deere, Peterbilt, International, right? We, we could list all of the folks who make big, large pieces of equipment in a B2B type environment. Deer, uh, a big focus, clearly I, I, as a former John Deere dealer, I'm a big fan of what <laughs> what has done, but Deere, uh, an investor in your Series A back in 2021, give us a sense of who else was in the round, how strategics are really coming to embrace this technology, and more importantly, PJ, how did you navigate what was a really tough funding environment that continues to be a really tough funding environment?
1: Yeah, um, you know, first, obviously thrilled to have Deere join the Series A. Um, I think they are really when it comes to all those OEMs you you listed, I think they're one that's really leading the way when it comes to acknowledging the role that liquid fuels and particularly liquid biofuels have to play. Um, it is not the um, I don't like the term, but it's it's not the sexiest topic right now. But it but it is a practical answer. And at, at the end of the day, that's what wins in the market. And they're willing to go out and kind of acknowledge and and, and speak to that, as you mentioned, like at, at CES. Um, in terms of, you know, how that's come together, you know, that that Series A, it was led by Breakthrough Energy Ventures, um, the big uh, Bill Gates kind of funded VC fund, um, Mercuria, one of the big energy commodity traders joined that round. And so when you talk about the strategics, um, one of the things I'm, I'm most most proud of when it comes to Clear Flame is the syndicate we've got brought together. You've got Breakthrough, which is as aggressive on sustainability goals as anyone in the world. You've got to have gigaton scale carbon reduction potential for them to even consider you. You've got John Deere, which is about as practical and pragmatic and homegrown of, grown of, a, of a business as you can find in this country. And then you have Mercuria, um, which you know has made their money historically trading things like petroleum. And now they're trying to make a massive shift into working with renewables. And the fact that all of those those groups see something in Clearflame is, is something that I'm very proud of, and that has, us, has helped us navigate that kind of tough fundraising environment. Um, I'm obviously a little biased here, but, you know, the, the kind of poor fundraising environments tend to hit the companies that are more based on hype rather than substance. Investors don't have a lot of patience for hype that might pay off sometime in the future when the economy is bad when recession might be coming clear flame is here today it's working today you can drive it today literally um, that has really kind of helped us differentiate and while a bad fundraising environment is not good for anyone it actually has helped us differentiate from a lot of our kind of more aspirational competitors
0: putting product in market getting real tests bj have been a real big piece of the clear flame story you've had a big focus here in the midwest headquarters up in chicago r d center here in Indiana, down near Columbus. How are you thinking about growth going forward?
1: Yeah, so certainly very proud to be based around the Midwest. And that's coming from someone that grew up in Seattle and went to school in California. So there um, is <laughs> there is no corn or diesel engines or any of that in, in my blood. But um, it is absolutely the right place to be to be growing this. It is the, the heart of the agriculture bar, belt. It's in between um, where all of these big equipment OEMs are based. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a sector that I think is one of the the unsung here, agriculture, excuse me, is a sector that's one of the unsung heroes in the fight against climate change. They've been leading the way on sustainability. I mean, farmers inherently understand sustainability. If their land is not going right. to be there for their families, you know, what are they doing? That is something that exists even kind of independent of the whole climate change question. And so to be able to, to interface with that has been a big honor. You know, when I think about expansion, you know, we're, we're a 40 person startup, so it's still going to largely be domestic starting around the Midwest. Um, you know, would love to sort of expand towards the coasts. I think Clearflame has a way to show that, hey, actually, with using a technology like ours, you can outpace the decarbonization of EVs in many markets. And I think by proving that in the Midwest is something as a West Coast person, I can tell you will not sit well on the West Coast and they will want to get be part of that, too. But I think also one of the big beauties of ClearFlame technology is the international applicability. Um, A lot of countries in the world don't have the privilege we have here in the U.S. to deploy expensive infrastructure for things like EV and hydrogen, yet they deserve clean, sustainable solutions as much as we do. We are that more simple to adopt practical solution that can expand into markets like South America, like South and East Asia that are looking for solutions like ours as well.
0: B.J., it's an incredible story. Lots of runway ahead. Really eager to hear, what What are you thinking? What What's the future look like for Clear Flame? And I know there are a lot of folks listening uh, who are saying, I'd really like to have all the attributes of the benefits that you just talked about. How can fleet operators begin to plug into this next era of Clear Flame?
1: Yeah, so uh, those two questions are, are very much coupled. So, you know, 2023 is the big prove-it year for us. We've been driving the trucks for about 13 months at this point, Um, the pilot you were talking about with Bex that started um, in the summer of last year. And now we have pilot demonstrations planned with with five of the ten biggest fleets in the country. So 2023. Yeah, thank you. 2023 is about uh, getting the product out there, have people test it, have people want to buy it and importantly, also have people want to advocate for it. Um, The people to say, hey, I did try Clear Flame. It does drive like a diesel. It is cheaper. It is saving me in carbon more of the world needs to do this it, it can't just be John Deere talking about the role of liquid biofuels it should be all of these OEMs and creating that follower effect becoming a Tesla of heavy duty make, making a market shift to something cleaner um, is something that clear flame wants to do um, and you know if you're if you're hearing this and you want to get engaged with this us um, you know you can find us on on the web at clearflame.com you can certainly follow us on LinkedIn um, reach out we've got an outstanding team including our, our chief operating officer Kirk roller that can, Um, Help kind of figure out how we want to get fleets into the pilot plan, into the sales funnel um, and figure out how aggressively we can scale this up because the more customer interest we get, the more financial support we will get and the faster we'll be able to go and actually meet that customer need.
0: Speed is something that I always associate with you, BJ. Speed and uh, just the the amount of trailblazing, pioneering, innovation you're leading. BJ Johnson, he is CEO of Clear Flame Engine Technologies. BJ, great to spend some time with you. Thanks Thanks for being part of Ag Bioscience.
1: Th- thank you so much, Mitch. I also talk fast, and I can't help it. So I appreciate your your patience, and I appreciate the <laughs> chance to speak with your audience today.
0: Oh, so fun! And thanks so much for tuning into Ag Bioscience. You get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovisindiana On behalf of the entire Agronovis team, I'm Mitch Fraser. Sam, thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.